Hey everybody, this is John Odermatt, the host of Felony Friday, coming at you real quick to tell you about a brand new podcast. I want to ask you first, do you have a disdain for authority? I mean, do you really hate authority down deep in your bones? I mean, I'm talking about arbitrary authority. I'm talking about the government, not your dentist. I mean, if you have disdain for your dentist, that's between you and your dentist. So I can't help you there. But if you hate arbitrary authority, then you'll love a brand new podcast called Conversations About Freedom. It's hosted by a friend of this show right here, a friend of Lions of Liberty, a warrior for freedom, Moral Bob. Conversations About Freedom breaks through the noise and government propaganda to clearly convey the power of freedom. On Conversations About Freedom, Moral Bob uses fact, logic, and morality as his guiding principles to paint a picture as to what a truly voluntary society could look like. You can find Conversations About Freedom everywhere podcasts are found. And if you can't find it today, right now, rest easy. It will be available on your podcast app soon. It's a brand new podcast, so it takes time. Just be patient. Conversations about freedom. Check it out. Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. What is Felony Friday? Felony Friday is a show where every single week we're going to do a deep dive and we're going to examine and expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system. Now, if this is your first time listening to Felony Friday, your first time listening to any of the shows we have here on Lions of Liberty, sit back, relax, enjoy the show, put your feet up. If you're driving, please don't put your feet up. But if you've been back several times, if this is a regular habit of listening, why haven't you subscribed? Or maybe you have subscribed. Thank you if you subscribed. But if you haven't, please do so. Whatever podcasting app you're listening on, please just scroll up to the top there, punch that subscribe button, and uh, you'll get every single episode of the Lions of Liberty podcast and of Felony Friday delivered to your little listening device. And also, if you really enjoy what you're hearing here, please think about uh, giving us a a five-star rating and a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, especially if you listen there, because it helps with the algorithms and all that crazy stuff. Without further ado, let's get rolling with today's show. My guest today on Felony Friday is Holly Kuhlman. Uh, Back on episode 95 of Felony Friday, Holly shared her story and her experience in the criminal justice system. Uh, Today, she's here to talk about and share some, some pretty... Pretty disturbing, but also very uh, important things that are going on right now in the criminal justice system, uh, especially with some people that she keeps in contact with who are currently incarcerated. So uh, before we get into that, I'm going to ask Holly to share a little bit about uh, her her background and her own experience. For those of you who haven't heard her story, aren't familiar, I will link to uh, episode 95 uh, with Holly on the show notes page. So Holly, welcome back to Felony Friday. Thanks for having me back. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great. Uh, great to have you back on. And 
Episode 95. Wow. It's episode 218 now, I think, which is insane. So it's been- doesn't seem I know possible. You've done such a great job. And I really applaud you for having people on for Felony Friday. This is such an important topic. People that have been formerly incarcerated and just returning. I mean, this is something that the public really needs to kind of know because mm-hmm. we're your neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Almost everyone who goes into prison is, is coming it's out. So coming out. they are. Yeah. So with that, just to introduce myself sure. to your audience. Um, my name is Holly Coleman. Uh, I was sentenced to a 21 month sentence for one count of wire fraud. I had worked for Hewlett Packard. I was an executive assistant to very top level, very high key people and uh, there were some little things going on. I mean, we were willing and dealing and everything went on my corporate cards and ultimately I was held accountable and I went to prison. And I did 13 months at Victorville camp. It's a federal women's camp in California. I did two months in solitary confinement and we're gonna get a little bit about what happens in the BOP when when they don't like you. I was blogging about women's safety at the prison and they didn't like that, so they removed me and punished me. And then I did three and a half months at a halfway house before returning back into society. Um, I am now a paralegal and I work for Dallas County Public Defender's Office. So they believe in second chances and I was able to get employment. I'm one of the very few out there that have been able to be so, so to mm-hmm. me, a, a success story because I worked really hard and it took that. To kind of talk to you about, I did time in solitary confinement And what I'm noticing is, because I also do prison consultancy on the side, I, when I was inside, John, um, I saw the need, people don't know or can't prepare, they have no idea what's going to happen to them. Um, It's something that people need to know, Mm -hmm. because there's so many rules and unwritten rules that apply that you can't really maneuver that path. Um, most of the women that I were with was with um, at a low level place and the camp, um, they really shouldn't even be in a camp. Most low level people shouldn't even, there should be a different type of punishment that the, the justice system should follow through. Right. And like home, I, home confinement or, or something like that. Or. You know, yeah. Home confinement or even, a, even part of let's do a halfway house, some form of punitive attachment to it, mm-hmm. but you're just wasting your, I'm, I had so much free time. I could have been doing so much more to repay my debt. Right. And most of these women could be doing the same thing. So when I was inside, I decided that I need to kind of expose what this, what's going on because there's so many abuses. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Latent abuses, um, sexual abuses. We're talking about everything from uh, just BOP misappropriation of funds. Um, there's, there's just a systemic problem. So it doesn't rehabilitate anybody when you put them in that type of setting. So, 
Right. And that was, I think it was maybe five or 10 episodes ago where I had on a guest who you recommended who there's a lawsuit in, in Florida right now, right. Um, which is dealing with these same things, uh, abuse, sexual abuse, uh, also, also at a camp, I believe. I recommend, uh, <laughs> recommended Lauren Reynolds mm-hmm. uh, to come speak with you about her case. When women on this low level, when I say low level, we're talking again about, I got one kind of wire fraud and I'm going to federal prison. And when I go in, you've got prison guards who work. Prisons aren't in pretty places. They're not in pretty populous places. And Mm -hmm. so the pool of workers, uh, you know, are very, very low. So you're not getting the cream of the crop of people. And they come in with their own problems and they take it out on the women. Mm-hmm. Remember, these women are just trying to get through their sentence and, and get out the door. Most are, or most are mothers. So the, the abuse of the guards, they know that they can hold things over their head like, hey, you know, if you want to see your kids in visitation, this is what you're going to do. And it could range from, again, sexual abuse to just a, a certain amount of, for their own amusement and punishment. Mm-hmm. We, Lauren Reynolds was in FCI or FCP. It's a camp in Coleman, which is in Florida. And she spurred a lawsuit with 14 inmates. There are still people who are inside that are part of this lawsuit that were sexually abused. And we're not talking about like on a weekly or monthly basis. We're talking about on an everyday basis. So I am so proud of her because she came forward to talk about that. Mm -hmm. I had seen abuse. I had talked about women's safety and I was put in 60 days solitary confinement. Um, Currently, I have a friend who was in Bryan, Texas and who's whip smart. And what happens because when you're whip smart like that, you're able to point out the problems and the things that the prison isn't doing. So it could be everything from uh, they aren't providing adequate medical care for an inmate or that there's not enough food because it is now grown. The populace has grown so much that they hadn't anticipated that it is the, the, again, FCI Coleman, FCP Coleman has an issue with Legionnaire's disease. Um, You don't hear about these things because, again, they don't like to put in public. And when somebody contacts the BOP media, their whole thing is to keep it hush-hush. So this particular friend of mine was starting to write and blog about what she was seeing in Bryan, Texas, can can we uh, share her name? Because she is yeah. a, she was on the show previously. Yeah, she I don't was. If you remember. Yeah. Yeah. She, one of the one of the few guests I've had who she came on. It was in between her was in between her her trial and um, when she started serving her sentence. I, her or was sentence, it actually it was I think it was between um, yeah until she was sentenced. Okay. And then, yeah. Uh, and she yeah a very uh, you know. <sighs> very much wanting to shine a light on uh, the injustice she was going through, not afraid at all of of doing so at that time, where a lot of people would be in, in that circumstance. So I give her a lot of credit for that, for even coming on the show at that point in time. I do too. And that's why I said when she's a dynamo, she is mm-hmm. one of the people, and we're going to start seeing more and more of this because they're 
people that we, again, our neighbors, people mm-hmm. that were in a, in a professional capacity that realize these abuses and it's going to be a tipping point where that's going to take over. But Lynn Espejo is her name and she was in Bryan, Texas. She started to write about all the injustices that were happening. She also then followed Bureau of Prisons form, meaning you have to put in a form, a complaint of these particular abuses. And what they were doing is they were either shredding them or they were <laughs> they weren't getting to where they needed to be. She she was starting to become what they call a nuisance, and she, she to her detriment, she said, "I'm not going to stop until they make changes." So recently, what's happened to her is that she blogged about the chaplain in Bryan, Texas, who, from what I understand, and I have not been able to substantiate this yet. Mm-hmm. but was removed from his position for sexual abuse. Wow. And she had talked to the warden, um, which you can do that. They come every Thursday to what they call mainline, which is lunch and had gone to, to the warden said, listen, you know, if you're tired of me, then maybe you need to move me. And I would, I really need medical care, which they had absolutely just pushed to the wayside. She's had nothing. She, she's got basically spinal bifida. She's got a pin in her leg and they, they force her to do major labor. So the warden actually told her, you know, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go ahead and take that request out. Let me see what I can do. And so Lynn was okay. And so she continued on, took on writing about another inmate's medical issues. And so they, when you say uh, she was blogging, okay. um, was this available on, on the outside? Who was able to see her, her blog? So what she was doing, she was freely sending her information out via email. It's a very archaic system that mm-hmm. they have called links, And to a friend who was then in turn putting it on a website, her website, uh, the first go around when she was brought in, to, it was questioning her and they were threatening her with putting her in solitary confinement, like myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> that she made that blog private. So you have to actually go to WordPress and, and request to see access to it. Okay. So then the Bureau of Prisons couldn't see it anymore. Um, so she began to write about this particular individual and their medical issues while waiting to hopefully maybe be transferred. And then the warden did come back to her and they do this. They lied to her and said, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to send you to the medical center there's one medical center um, of magnitude that handles major diseases and mm-hmm. uh, it's in Fort Worth, Texas. So not too far from me. It's called Carswell. And they said, we're going to send you to Carswell and we're going to go ahead and we're going to furlough you, which for your listeners, furlough means that you either can arrange to have a family member come pick you up. And there's a ton of paperwork and of course verification with that, or we're going to put you on a bus and we're going to send you to Carswell. And I was pretty skeptical when she was telling me this. I'm like, no, this is you, not. You were skeptical about which part that it was. 
all of it. it. She was becoming such a nuisance. I think they were mm -hmm. letting her know, we're going to try and do this for you, but yeah, they're going to move her. And what they or what they did to her and what she's experiencing right now is exactly what I thought. And we call that diesel therapy in the BOP system. And I'll explain that. <laughs> so no furlough came, um, no paperwork had started. And she received word that she was going to be shipped out last week on Wednesday and she was shipped out on Friday. And they didn't really tell her where she was going to go, but she kind of heard whispers in the background and they told uh, officers were talking that they were going to send her to Aliceville, which is in Alabama. And they don't just send you to Alabama. Um, they take a little jaunt and put you through uh, the transfer. And what that means is, again, she's a low level person, one count, I believe a wire fraud as well. She's a nonviolent individual, mm -hmm. but they were going to belly chain and shackle her, put her on a bus and they took her to Oklahoma. And that's where the major Bureau of Prisons Transfer Center is. I just want to state again, so everyone hears this one more time. Lynn is completely nonviolent offender, wire fraud. This is for wire fraud, the punishment for wire fraud. Continue. Wire fraud. Um, no mean bone in her body. She's trying to do the right thing and help other people. Mm -hmm. And this is what they're going to do to her. And when you go through a transfer, they're going to take a couple days to put you, they're going to shackle belly chain you. You're going to have maybe some water. You're not going to be able to go to the bathroom as much as, you know, just that you, you have to hold it. Took her to Oklahoma City, and that is not like being at a camp. It is a transfer center, so it's like being in a jail. You are in a cell. Mm -hmm. You do not have the luxuries of having commissary. You don't have the luxuries of a family member knowing where you're at. You're just in limbo. They don't know. They're not told where you're going to be going. Um, I know just because I know. <laughs> And she will spend four to six weeks at this transfer center. And it is the pit. It's the worst experience ever. I think if you talk to many former people who've experienced it, this is probably it's worse than county jail. Um, she'll spend four to six weeks there. And then she'll ship, they'll put her on a bus and they're going to take her to Aliceville. Now, remember, the Bureau of Prisons always tries to, supposed to try to keep you within a 500 mile radius of your home and she lives in georgia mm -hmm. so by doing this this is just nothing but a punishment and the reason being is again she exposed so much bad things going on in bryan texas that this is what they do they push you out the door so that way nothing can be said it's taking a real quick ad break here. One of our Lions of Liberty Pride members, Tyler Colford, he reached out to me and he recently upgraded to our $100 level where he gets an ad. And uh, he decided to use this ad today because he has a special message for you out there. He wanted me to let you all know that he's in the long walks through the woods. He's in the comic books, Graham Hancock novels, video games, and Austrian economics. And if you're into some of those same things, 
then check out his rap group, Jenks Inc. It's available on all streaming platforms. I was just listening to his song, Bootstraps, on Spotify. So check out Bootstraps. Check out Jenks Inc. That's J-Y-N-X-I-N-C. J-Y-N-X-I-N-C. Jenks Inc. Check it out. Let me let me uh, jump in here for a minute. So you saw this coming because of your experience, um, you know, seeing it happen to yourself, seeing it happen to others. Yes. So who who orchestrates this? Who is because I mean, there, there's like a system they have in place for these punishments. Who's who's pulling the strings here? Who's, we always we always say it's a playbook. It's the playbook. It's the BOP playbook. It's yeah. each individual facility. These officers know, okay, if someone's going to be blogging about this and doing this, this is what we're going to do. This is what we know what we can within the, you know, wiggly lines get away with. Mm-hmm. And they move her. And her whole thing is all you can do is go to the office of the inspector general and talk about the specifics of what happened. But really without bringing a lawsuit to her, or to the BOP, there's nothing that can be done. And again, she's one of thousands that this happens to. She just happens to be one. And her, I know when she is done with her sentence, which she should be finished, I believe, in October of this year. I mean, she's going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. But it's now becoming systemic where we've got sexual abuse in Coleman. We've got sexual abuse now in Bryan allegedly with the chaplain we've got people who you're exposed to mold you're exposed to expired food you're exposed to no medical care you're exposed to so many things that the policy and the public when they read the program statements they're like well this isn't that bad this is like camp cupcake there is no camp cupcake there never will be a camp cupcake um so it's going to take a lot of push and there are several organizations now that are out there, a lot of nonprofits. And I believe that you've even had like Amy Pova on from do right. several, several, but she is a pretty much of a spearhead. She has brought not only injustice of people with longer sentences, but with what it's really like going to a camp and living through this. It's, it's not just a, oh, hey, this is hell. It's not just a small punishment. And I think that's the biggest misconception that everyone who hasn't been to prison, myself included, I'm getting educated by hearing these stories. But I think there is this, when you hear camp, you know, people think of, oh, it's club fed. You go there and you're, you're playing tennis and it's not that bad. You just can't see your family. But it's, that's not it at all. It's, uh, it's way worse than that. And I mean, I'll keep coming back to this, putting people through this, not only is it morally wrong, ethically wrong, I mean, there's so many different levels, but even on top of that, it's, I mean, it's a public safety issue because these individuals are going to be getting out. And why, why would you want people to be getting out who are, you know, mentally broken, who uh, don't trust anybody, who have just had their entire world thrown upside down? 
it doesn't make any sense. And there's these people that will defend it saying, well, they should have thought of that before they broke the law. What kind of world are we living in that we're thinking that way? I mean, this isn't a, like a barbaric society. This is a civilized society. You break a law, there's a crime, there's a punishment. There's nowhere in there does it say the BOP can just make up their own torture techniques. I mean, it's ridiculous. And they do. And that's what needs to be told. It's just they make it up, they march through it, and Mm -hmm. there's no accountability. They are completely autonomous. And people are always asking me, well, well, can't you complain? Well, who do you go to? No, they, they are autonomous, and they don't even have to tell the public. So, yeah, we've got a lot of problems where women are, again, sexually abused. They're returning out into society. Mm-hmm. And there's already a hard enough stigma when you're a felon uh, re-entering into society. And now you've got a mental, mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, they create that. So we, we've got a lot of work to do with criminal justice reform, period. It just, it has to start with these stupid, archaic sentences that are being handed down. And I'm, I'm noticing people are getting longer and longer and longer sentences. Really? Yeah. So is, what, what do you think? What do you think is leading to that? Is it sort of like a pushback from the clemency that's happening on the other yeah. side or? I think that is part of it. I think you see, it's, it's very interesting. It's that 50-50. You see clemency and pardons happening, mm-hmm. and it's very public. But then you see from where I am at, because I, even though I'm in the state side, not the federal side, but I pay attention because I have clients mm-hmm. prison consulting, the sentences are way longer. And, for example, one can of wire fraud instead of 21 months, they're at 37 to 42 for one count and it's just getting that much worse. And I think it was just that the attorney general weaponized the DOJ in that respect and said, see, and I can say this because I have sat in a meeting where U S prosecutors have told me they have been instructed to go after the higher end of a sentence within the guidelines they have been instructed to go after the assets and the financial litigation unit portion. So it's a very interesting piece that hasn't been exposed. Um, unless we start talking about this and the public understands, because let me tell you, you do your show, but there are still people in my neighborhood. You're going to have somebody who's done time. I mean, there's going to be one person out of five that you will know a friend that has gone through something like this that is going to need assistance and it's just going to increase and increase. And it's going to create even more of a massive problem. So prisons, yes, are still very full. They're getting full by the day and they're for very, very low level things that could be again handled in a different way. Let me get your perspective on this. I've, I've had other prison consultants on it. As you know, Larry Levine's been on a few times and, and some other ones. Yes, um, my, my co-partner. Right, right. <laughs> yes. Uh, so ha- what advice do you give to someone who, uh, you know, is being charged at the federal level and, you know, it doesn't look good, which if you're charged, if you're being charged with crime at the federal level, it's not, it's not looking good. Um 
Is it really jumping right to looking at that plea deal and just even if you're innocent, you know, even if you didn't do it? Um, yes. I, the, the advice that I give is I tell people one is once you're in the Fed sites, something's going to happen. Period. Mm-hmm. More than likely, it's going to be prison. Period. I'll never forget because my attorney told me that as well. And 100% correct. It's looking at what the charges, where they fall in the guidelines. I mean, it's very simple. And then telling them this is what's going to happen. And we need to start looking at the plea deal. And again, the percentage of people who plea is around 99%. There's still wow. percent. The reason why is if you take it to trial, and there are hundreds of women that I have spoken with, you take it to trial, plea deals off the table, and you're going to get the full set or mm-hmm. somewhere. It's going to be a harsh sentence. So, and they threaten you with this. That's why there's really no work done by a U.S. prosecutor. They really don't have to do anything. They can create the narrative. They put it in front of you, and you sign it. You take the best deal possible. It's it's just it. It's, it's like, again, a playbook, boom, 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 boom. And it's not going to change until we change the mindset and get some reform going with those sentencing guidelines. Yeah. I think you made a, uh, an interesting point before, which really I haven't heard anyone else bring up about how you're seeing more, you're seeing the federal prosecutors go after the higher end of these essentially white collar crimes. And I guess from the perspective of, you know, they're trying to keep prisons full, um, they're trying to ensure their own jobs are, are safe exactly. and they're starting to lose, uh, you know, with marijuana, maybe being legalized here in the next couple of years, they're losing that, uh, that pipeline coming into the federal prison system. So I, I guess that's where it's going to, where they're going to, you know, make it, make it up, which is scary. It's completely scary. You know, you've got people who are doing life for pot. Mm-hmm. And it's completely legal in several states. And it's just a no-brainer going, why aren't you re-looking at this particular case and letting this person go? Um, we've got so many people who need help. Um, I just had the opportunity to talk with Tynese Hall, who had received clemency from Trump. And she lives in Lubbock, Texas. And the things that she went through just to get ready to leave and how she found out she got clemency would shock you. It, it, she had really nobody other than she had a couple of people advocating for her, obviously. With right. her. But when they told her she had 45 minutes, she walked back to her locker, opened up her locker and walked off, literally walked off the property. They said, you have to go across the street and be off of federal property because we can't have you on here. Didn't bother to help her didn't bother to let her do anything. She only had gray sweats on was what you have mm-hmm. walked across the street and waited there. And I guess hopefully you got to find someone to pick you up. Hopefully you can. I mean, she was, she was lucky enough. She, excuse me. She didn't make, she was able to make one phone mm-hmm. call to somebody, but again, it wasn't family. It was somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody that could come and get her. And that's the person who received clemency from president Trump. And it was all over the media. So, and then they had, you know, she's had her issues. Um, She still has supervised release. We're not talking about that. She just gets a free walk. She still has a probation officer that she has to check in with. She has to find a full-time job. 
She has to find an apartment. When you're a felon, finding housing is atrocious. You cannot do that. Um, and finding a job as a felon is always just a challenge. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I chuckle because I work for the Dallas County Public Defender's Office, but the Dallas County believes in second chances. They will hire a felon. So, which was, I was very lucky. But for people that even receive clemency, not going to be an easy path. Yeah, so. I had a uh, Maurice Clifton on this show recently, and his story was is was very similar to uh, to uh, Tynese's story in that they didn't tell him like every like the whole system knew some of his family knew he was getting out before before they even informed him, and when they informed him, it was something like there was like an hour left where they had to process all this to get him off the property because he couldn't be there anymore. Right. You and, can't have the national count, what they call everybody. Um, and when you're inside, you have these counts and one, at, one occurs at four o'clock in the afternoon. It's a standing mm-hmm. count. It's a national count, meaning everybody needs to be accounted for. They had to have her off property. They could not have her on the count. So that was the reason why get out the door. And uh, she was just, Tynese was just at the, the White House. Today. Was that today or yesterday? I believe it was Crystal Munoz, um, Judith Negron, um, Alice Marie Johnson, mm-hmm. and Tynese were at the White House today invited to, to attend. And I think it, we'll see some more really good things come out uh, with those particular four. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, it's it's great that they're out. I do worry that... Donald Trump, which, I mean, he's a politician. This is what politicians do, is that he's using some of these cases strategically, politically. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Which, at least at least they're getting out. I mean, that's that's better yeah, than... And that's, that's the whole thing that we say, at least they're getting out. Mm-hmm. But I, there's always an agenda behind the, these types of things. And I'm so happy for these women, and I hope it occurs much more, but there's always an agenda right. everywhere. Um, I think we'll also hear from Tynese about she did time with Lynn Espejo in Bryan, Texas, and knows what Lynn had gone through. And that was another thing when I was speaking with her, I was hoping that she would bring to the forefront so we don't forget about Lynn. Okay. Yeah, hopefully we can get Tynese on uh, Felony Friday to, uh, to share her story. Yeah, that'd be great. Holly, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know it's late in the day and you've, you've had a full, a full day, but, uh, are, are there any other, any other stories, any other individuals or, or things that are going on within the prison system that, you know, you, you, uh, want to communicate to my audience that you'd like to shine a light on anything specifically? Just everybody. If you have an opportunity, I still put out information, um, through Facebook and we're not talking about just sexual abuse in Coleman or Brian or Victorville or Alderson where people are being arrested. Nobody really pays attention to that. We've got health issues and sexual abuse and mental health problems. We've got to get that figured out. They are being caused by people who are of authority that shouldn't be doing these things to these women. So I will continue to keep putting that information out. Well, thank you, Holly, for doing everything uh, that you do. Um, Is there any uh, websites or links or anywhere you should direct people to to 
you can follow you information with my counterpart you know larry levine at wallstreetprisonconsultants.com pinkladyprisonconsultants.com those are the two we try and put information out and i encourage people just to read about lynn espejo i encourage people to read about tiny's hall um, and just anybody else lauren reynolds that you've had on your show just the abuse and keep in mind these people aren't bad people. They're returning citizens and they are working really hard for that second chance. Yeah. They're regular people, just like uh, everyone out there listening who maybe they've made a mistake. Maybe they didn't even break the law. Maybe they just got caught up in something and uh, are are paying the price for something they didn't do. But thank you, Holly. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's show. Another great episode of Felony Friday. As you know, Felony Friday is one of three shows we have here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Of course, we kick off every single week with our Monday show hosted by Mark Clare. It's our longest running program, our flagship program, where Mark interviews leaders in the liberty movement. Every Wednesday, we have Electric Liberty Land hosted by Brian McWilliams. It's your weekly shot of culture, comedy, liberty, swearing, and just just good fun. Check that out. You can get all three shows by subscribing for the great price of $0 per month. You get everything that we have here. So please check everything out. And uh, if you like it all, please think about, consider supporting what we're doing here at Lions of Liberty. A great way to do that is by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash Liberty. Another great way of doing that is by uh, following, liking, sharing our stuff on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Liberty. On Instagram and Twitter, we are at Lines of Liberty. And the discussion forum where all the greatest and brightest minds go to to talk about politics, liberty, everything that's happening in the world today, current events, the Lions of Liberty Forum on Facebook, which you can find by typing Lions of Liberty Forum in the search bar at the top of Facebook, clicking search, comes up, say you want to join it, answer a question, bam, you're in, and the rest is just going to be a great journey for you. So check that out. That's all I have for today. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning.